With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Valley's new talk show. The John Girardi Show on Power Talk 96.7 and AM 1400. Okay, they give me a radio show, and I try to think, what are things that I know about that I could communicate to my audience about politics and political life, particularly here locally or within California? And one of the things that I've been looking at a lot more as it relates to the politics surrounding abortion, and that's my my day job, John Girardi here, by the way, for the John Girardi Show, my day job is that I'm the executive director of Right to Life of Central California, and a lot of what that involves, some of what that involves anyway, is keeping an eye on the state legislature and opposing the very bad things our state legislature tries to do as regards abortion. And it's usually bad things, opposing bad legislation. That's most of what our state legislature does. And there's a major contributing factor to it, which is the Ninth Circuit Court of appeals. So today I want to dig into it um, because there are a couple of stories that tie into the Ninth Circuit. The presence of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has this exacerbating effect on the bad stuff that the state of California tries to do fails to provide the kind of necessary constitutional check on our state legislature because our state legislature is so whack and the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals is so whack that our state legislature basically has this attitude that they don't even ha- they don't even have to operate within the boundaries of the constitution All right now i came to this thought There was a lawsuit against an order of Catholic nuns. The state of California was trying to force all employers, including this order of Catholic nuns, called the Little Sisters of the Poor. You may remember them. They were some of the lead plaintiffs in a series of lawsuits that were filed against the Obama administration's HHS mandate. This was the 2012 mandate that required that employers cover a variety of practices and treatments, treatments, I'm using scare quotes here, that violate Catholic teaching, specifically contraception and abortifacient contraception. So the Little Sisters of the Poor, who are a wonderful community of Catholic uh, sisters, who uh, they take vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, and they serve poor people. It's all they do. They help serve poor people. They uh, run various retirement homes for el- for the elderly. They are beautiful, wonderful women who do beautiful, wonderful work. And they're just about the most sympathetic plaintiffs you could possibly ask for as an attorney. They also 
probably don't need contraception or abortifacient contraception in their employer-based insurance plan for their nuns, okay? Uh, Nuns aren't doing much of the activity for which people tend to use contraception. So, they were using the nuns as the pushback, saying that the HHS mandate violates the First Amendment or that the HHS mandate violates what's called colloquially RIFRA, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which was a law passed in 1993 under Bill Clinton with almost unanimous support from Congress, which basically beefs up under federal law the protections of the First Amendment for free exercise of religion, living out one's religious convictions. You'll notice, by the way, some lefties will very sneakily try to refer to this guarantee from the First Amendment as the First Amendment right to freedom of worship. That is not what the First Amendment says. The First Amendment does not guarantee freedom of worship. It guarantees free exercise of religion. That is a bigger thing. Freedom of worship is what you do in a church on Sunday. Free exercise of religion is necessarily something broader than that. It applies to your activity by which you live out your faith Monday through Saturday, not just what you do inside a church on Sunday. All right. Anyway. So these nuns have been suing the federal government and basically trying to say we should not be forced to live under the man under this HHS mandate. The HHS mandate, by the way, let's let's clarify the timeline of this. So the Affordable Care Act passes in 2009-2010. In 2012, now the Affordable Care Act gives the Secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services, at that time Kathleen Sebelius, the ice queen, the Affordable Care Act gives the Department of Health and Human Services the ability to make regulations about the kinds of things that need to be covered under the Obamacare exchanges or in health plans more broadly. So in 2012, Affordable Care Act passed in 2010. In 2012, the Department of Health and Human Services issues its mandate requiring employers to cover contraception, abortifacient contraception, etc. Hobby Lobby, in their legal challenge, gets the Supreme Court to say that the HHS mandate, as applied to closely held corporations, violates the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. It's struck down. Corporations like Hobby Lobby don't have to follow it. Closely held corporations, not publicly traded corporations, but closely held corporations. Little Sisters of the Poor tried to represent nonprofit organizations, religious nonprofits, to try to get the same thing. But unfortunately, their case became relevant at the point where we only had eight justices on the Supreme Court because Antonin Scalia had just died. So the Supreme Court didn't quite resolve it, tried to order a settlement. Finally, the Trump administration comes into office. And the Trump administration says, okay, the Affordable Care Act gives the Department of Health and Human Services to set the rules for you know, whether what kinds of treatment have to be covered. So we're just going to reverse the 2012 decision by Kathleen Sebelius. Well, what happens when the Trump administration does it? 
a bunch of lefty hashtag resistance federal judges set up nationwide injunctions preventing the Trump administration from doing that because they say the Trump administration didn't give good enough reasons for doing it. Now, this is outrageous because the standard by which the federal, uh, the government gets judged for its regulatory changes is incredibly deferential to the government, okay? You, you don't even need a great reason. You just need a reason. It's called the rational basis standard. Basically, as long as you provide any kind of potentially remotely conceivably rational basis for what you're doing under the rational basis standard, the government can do it. That's the standard by which the Trump administration was supposed to be judged. But a bunch of federal courts basically said, no, 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 no. The Trump administration didn't give, in our eyes, good enough reasons for doing it. There's no reason to deprive women of contraception. Basically, these courts just start mimicking, parroting the arguments of the left. Now, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, just a few weeks ago, issued a decision like this, basically saying, no, the Trump administration's decision to roll back the 2012 regulations and allow employers to pick, you know, to not have to be forced to cover contraception or abortifacient contraception, when it, especially when it violates their deeply held religious convictions, this regulatory change by the Trump administration doesn't have enough of a rational basis to it. Uh, the, the Trump administration didn't explain itself well enough, didn't give good enough reasons. Basically, I mean, all the Trump administration should need to do is basically show we have some reason and it's not like racism or something. Like, you, as long as it's not an arbitrary and capricious, that's the legal terminology, an arbitrary and capricious decision, then they should be allowed to do it. Practically speaking, the government should barely face any judicial review whatsoever for this. And yet here we are. We have these courts that are runaway courts. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals issued this decision saying that the Trump administration did not give good enough reasons for changing this regulation. And that's why we need to talk about the Ninth Circuit. Okay? Now, let, let's reiterate. For those of you who don't know, I want to sort of explain the structure of the federal courts. Right? At the very bottom, so you have federal courts and you have state courts. Okay? Within California, you have... At the bottom level, your California Superior Courts, which deal with high-level trial courts, high-level trial cases and decisions. The first court you go to, if you have a big, high-profile civil lawsuit, is the California Superior Court. Then it gets appealed up to the California Court of Appeals, and then from there, it can get appealed up to the California Supreme Court. But that's the California system. Let's disregard that for now. The federal system is structured similarly. You have the federal district courts, which are within different states and different regions. We in Fresno happen to live within the Eastern District of California. Then you have the federal circuit courts, okay? All of the different numbered circuit courts, the First Circuit, the Second Circuit, etc. And each circuit represents a different region of the country, okay? The First Circuit represents much of New England. The Second District has New York and, I think, Connecticut or one or two other states, the third district, etc. We live in the Ninth Circuit, 
And the Ninth Circuit is far and away the largest circuit court in the country. It covers, and I'll see if I can get all the states in here, it covers Guam, the Marianas Islands, Alaska, Hawaii, California, Washington, Oregon, Nevada, Arizona, Montana, Idaho. That's 60 million people. That's like a fifth of the whole country is under this circuit. And the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has long been stacked with Democrat appointee judges and liberal Republican appointee judges. Okay, including some old farts who were appointed by Richard Nixon who are still hanging around, still issuing terrible decisions, including this decision about the HHS mandate. One of the liberal judges who ruled against the Little Sisters of the Poor was a Nixon appointee. So, thanks a lot, Tricky Dick. Now, when we come back from the break, I'm going to kind of explain just how malevolent an influence the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals is to California state legislation. Basically, the Ninth Circuit is so liberal, it is so activist in its mindset, that it basically completely untethers the California legislature from any need to follow the Constitution of the United States of America. And it has a terrible impact on their lawmaking and on our lives. You're listening to The John Girardi Show on Power Talk 96.7 and AM 1400. The new John Girardi Show on Power Talk 96.7 and AM 1400. Okay, we're back. Now, we're talking about the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and I'm trying to explain for all of you just how negative an impact the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has. Now, I explained, I brought this up because the Ninth Circuit just issued a decision basically saying the Trump administration could not change a regulation, which, by the way, the whole point of having a presidential administration is that you can change regulations, okay? Uh, So, for those of you who don't understand what a regulation is as opposed to a law, okay, Congress passes laws. Congress writes laws, a majority of the House votes for it, a majority of the Senate votes for it, it goes to the president and he signs it. Then it becomes a law, okay? But sometimes members of Congress don't have this thing called courage. So they do this thing within the laws that they draft where if they don't want to make a decision themselves, they delegate some of their congressional decision-making authority to unelected bureaucrats within various executive branch departments, like the Department of Health and Human Services. Under Obamacare, this is what happened. Congress passed Obamacare, but as Nancy Pelosi Pelosi immortally said, uh, we need to pass the legislation to see what's in it. That was very, very true. She was not lying. That's exactly how the Obamacare law worked. After it was passed... Obamacare gave the Department of Health and Human Services broad latitude to determine what kind, meaning the president ultimately, to determine what kinds of healthcare practices needed to be covered under health insurance plans throughout America. And in 2012, Kathleen Sebelius decreed that contraception and abortifacient contraception had to be covered by every health plan 
throughout the country. This is obviously in violation of Roman Catholic belief and practice and teaching, so a group of Catholic nuns sued to overturn this mandate. So the Obama administration felt it was completely empowered to make this regulatory change. But when the Trump administration tries to remove this regulation, they get held up in the federal courts, even though the federal courts are supposed to impose an incredibly deferential standard on the federal government for regulatory changes. Instead, what we see are these federal courts nitpicking the decision-making process of the Trump administration because these judges are so liberal that they are just in hashtag resistance mode. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is, again, one of the federal circuit courts. They're one click below the Supreme Court. They are the first appellate court you get to after the federal district courts. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals decided... The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals decided that the Trump administration's reasons for changing this regulation just weren't good enough for them. So a three-judge panel of the Ninth Circuit basically tried to stop the Trump administration from doing what it wanted to do, providing relief to Catholic groups like the Little Sisters of the Poor and other religious groups who don't want to provide abortifacient contraception, uh, specifically nonprofits and religious nonprofits. So this highlights the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals and how bad it is. Again, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals is the federal court of appeals that gets appeals from all of the federal district courts in the western United States, more or less. Hawaii, Alaska, California, Washington, Oregon, Nevada, Arizona, Idaho, Montana. Any appeal from any of those states goes before the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. And historically, the Ninth Circuit, and this continues today, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has been dominated by liberal judges, both Democrat-appointed judges and old guard Richard Nixon and Gerald Ford-appointed judges who turned out to be super liberal. Now, why is that significant? Why are we talking about it today? Well, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals' presence has this horrible effect on California lawmakers. Okay, lawmakers in California, and again, we are in California, we are under the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Lawmakers in California constantly feel the desire to push the envelope when it comes to constitutional questions. You may remember a couple of years ago, the state legislature passed a law, AB 775. This law required that pro-life pregnancy centers post on the walls. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Their clinic on on the walls of their waiting room. Post a notice letting women where they could go for low cost or no cost state funded abortions. So basically, it was a huge freedom of speech issue. The Supreme Court. Excuse me. the, The state of California was mandating that these pro-life clinics, which were set up, some of which were explicitly religious-based, some of which were not, 
All of which, though, were set up with a certain profound mindset that we do not believe that abortion is good and we are operating to provide women with other alternatives because of our deeply held convictions on this point. Basically, what you saw was the state of California compelling them to speak a message they did not want to speak, and that is a violation of their First Amendment right to freedom of speech, if not also their First Amendment right to free exercise of religion for those that expressed a religious conviction against it. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals didn't think this law was that bad. And that's the problem. That law was so obviously unconstitutional. And the Supreme Court overturned it. And I believe it was like a 7-2 to two decision. It was not particularly close. But the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals just blithely went along with it. And this creates in our California state legislature, because, you know, here's what happens. The state legislature considers some really terrible piece of legislation. Conservatives fight against it. Conservatives don't have the votes, so they lose. The conservatives say to themselves, well, you know, this will need to go to the courts. This is kind of obviously unconstitutional, right? Like, there's no way the courts will uphold this. But then the problem is, who runs the courts? It's the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. They are the biggest liberals ever. They probably look at everything the California legislature does with fondness and pride. So they're not going to protect us. They're not going to overturn the California legislature when they do crazy things. But then you might say, well, well, but the Supreme Court will protect us, right? I mean, the Supreme Court's not as crazy as the Ninth Circuit. But here's the problem. The Supreme Court will not hear every single case coming out of the Ninth Circuit. It doesn't hear every single case. The Ninth Circuit hears thousands of appeals every year. You know, you know how many cases the Supreme Court takes in a year? From all of the circuits, not just the Ninth Circuit? Something like 80. Okay? So the odds of the Supreme Court hearing a case out of the Ninth Circuit, a case out of California for a California state law that is probably unconstitutional, it's always going to be extremely slim. This creates the, the, the safety blanket, the safety net that the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals provides for left-wing, possibly unconstitutional lawmaking. It engenders this incredibly lawless mindset among lawmakers in the California legislature. Here is the greatest example of this. So this was from 2016 from... from the California State Assembly in their Public Safety Committee. The chair of that committee is this guy named Reginald Jones Sawyer, who is as loathsome a member of the California State Legislature as I can find for this quote that I'm about to read to you. In testimony before the committee on March 15th, the da, 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 the gun owners of California. Okay, so this is from the gun owner, gun gun owners of California. This is an advocacy group on behalf of gun ownership against gun regulation. Okay, in testimony before the committee on March fifteenth, gun owners of California's executive director Sam Paredes brought up the constitutionality of AB sixteen ninety five, some gun control bill from that time. Um. Assembly members Bonta and Reginald Jones Sawyer arrogantly dismissed 
the issue of the bill's constitutionality as if it were an annoying little fly. Joan Sawyer proclaimed, quote, The legislature sometimes ignores whether or not it's constitutional or not. We go ahead and make laws because we're California and we do it anyways. See, and this this article from Gun Owners of California goes on. The frightening part is that he isn't alone. Many members of the legislature seem to have forgotten that when they take the oath of office, they swear to uphold the Constitution. Rather than a priceless document that protects all Americans, they treat it as something to be discarded, like used toilet paper, blah, blah, blah. But there you have it, this mindset. And let me read this quote from Assemblyman Reginald Jones Sawyer. He's an assemblyman from Southern California. I believe he's a USC grad. Just thought I'd share that piece of information. The legislature sometimes ignores whether or not it's constitutional or not. We go ahead and make laws because we're California. And we do it anyways. This mindset is engendered by the fact that we don't have an effective federal safeguard in our judiciary against California writing crazy unconstitutional laws. We don't have that protection. Because the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals is so crazy now. Is there a hopeful note to end this discussion of the Ninth Circuit on? Yes, there is. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals went from being a completely wacko, lunatic, out-of-control federal circuit court to being now just a liberal court. Uh, President Trump and Mitch McConnell have really done human's work in their three years in office, almost three years now, basically stacking all of the federal courts with quality Republican judicial appointments. Basically, one of the things Mitch McConnell doesn't get enough credit for is not only did he hold Antonin Scalia's seat open for a full year in spite of intense media pressure, political pressure not to do in, not to do so, not only did he hold Antonin Scalia's seat open for a year, allowing President Trump to replace Scalia with Neil Gorsuch, he also basically put a stop in, 20, in January 2015 when the Republicans took control of the Senate. He basically put the kibosh on all of President Obama's judicial appointments. Basically from, 2015, from January 2015 to January of 2017, President Obama got none of his judges confirmed. This is why President Trump and the Republican Senate have confirmed so many judges. Basically, in three years of Trump being in office, they've done the work of five years of judges, of five years of appointing and confirming new judges, because there was this backlog from the last two years of the Obama administration where Obama got nothing, and it was all because of Mitch McConnell. In fact, Trump, Trump actually t- talked about this at the Values Voters Summit about a month ago, saying, you know, when I got into office, I figured I'd have a couple of judges I needed to appoint. And then Mitch McConnell told me I had 120. I couldn't even believe it. So even the Ninth Circuit, while it is a majority Democrat court or Democrat appointee court, and I should note that some of the Republican appointees are old Dick Nixon appointees who still stink, it's getting better. We saw the Ninth Circuit, for example, uphold a Trump administration regulation cutting off some money to Planned Parenthood and redirecting it to pro-life clinics. 
that was a huge win. However, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals still functions in this incredibly nefarious way in California politics. And, you know, I make it kind of a goal for myself on this show to have people be informed about California politics. The Ninth Circuit plays an incredibly deleterious role because it engenders in our assembly this mindset, again, from Assemblyman Reginald Jones Sawyer. The legislature sometimes ignores whether or not it, that is a law or or a bill, is constitutional or not. We go ahead and make laws because we're California and we do it anyway. All right, when we come back, I'm going to talk about the modern day snake oil, also known as CBD oil, (laughs) an interesting article, sure to delight my mother, uh, a deep-seated hater of all things marijuana, when we return on The John Girardi Show. The Valley's new talk show, The John Girardi Show, on Power Talk 96.7 and AM 1400. Okay. After talking about the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, we very naturally transition to marijuana. Just because I've always been under the suspicion that most of the members of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals were smoking something. This is a fun little story from, good lord, where did I even find this? This must have been a Drudge link, because it's some website called studyfinds.org, which seems totally made up, but whatever, it's interesting. One of the things I've noticed the last few years is the enormous rise in the popularity of this thing, CBD. Uh, CBD cannabidiol which seems to now be sold in everything from creams and lotions to gummies to all kinds of stuff and it's basically it's some basically it seems like an enormous attempt by the pro-legalized marijuana and marijuana business industry to get their products in front of as many people as possible and this story sort of highlights just how insanely popular cannabidiol has become. Uh, Researchers say each month as many as 6.4 million Americans search Google for research or information on buying CBD products. Um, It's obviously a huge moneymaker for the marijuana industry. But here's the, the fun thing about it. Uh, the fun thing about it is that there's absolutely no documented uh, research showing that CBD helps you in any way, shape, or form. Despite this incredible boom in popularity and assumed subsequent use, the study's authors caution that the jury is still very much out on whether or not CBD is actually effective. At this time, there are no known benefits for taking CBD over-the-counter, explains Dr. Davy Smith, Chief of Infectious Diseases and Global Public Health at UC San Diego. CBD is this generation's snake oil, where millions are engaging with the product without evidence of any benefit. In fact, in some cases, CBD may actually prove harmful. Uh, Another doctor from this study, Dr. Leas, cited a few already documented cases in which CBD products contained potential poisons due to these products not being regulated by any federal entity. Good. So it's like these kind of hormonal, like, this is basically like essential oils only with pot. (laughs) It's like essential oils only uh, with uh, just as little evidence that they actually do anything to help you. Boy, I know I'm really stepping in it when I start talking about essential oils, too. 
Moreover, uh, this is again from Dr. Davy Smith from UC San Diego. Moreover, some consumers might forego seeing a physician or taking medications with known, tested, and approved therapeutic benefits in favor of CBD and thereby become sicker or succumb to their illness, Dr. Smith says. Another doctor cited in this, Dr. Ayers, says, Now is the time to act. Dr. Ayers concludes, Government regulators must step up to the plate uh, to give CBD pro- products the same level of scrutiny as other proven medications. Moreover, anyone considering taking CBD should know there are no proven over-the-counter benefits. So there you go. Just thought I'd burst some bubbles there and <laughs> let you know. If you've got an employee who's like, oh, I need to take CBD, you can uh, you can come back to them and say, hey, uh, CBD has actually no proven benefits and if it's making you woozy on the job, uh, I'm going to fire you if you keep taking that. <laughs> so just thought I'd uh, throw that out there, particularly to any employers who uh, don't want their employees uh, looking and sounding all woozy under some, well, I need it for my back pain. Like It has no proven value to it. We're going to look back at this in 10 years. I always try to think, especially with like fashions or hairstyles or things like that, I try to look at them and think, 10 years from now, are we going to think we all looked like a bunch of idiots? And I, I have this sense that with, with much of legalized marijuana, and especially with CBD, we are going to look back on this and think, boy, that was really stupid. Just my, just my John Girardi opinion. What do I know? I'm nobody special. They just stick a microphone in front of my face every day and ask me to lecture to an entire city for an hour. So you're going you're gonna to do that. That's what I'm going to do. All right, we'll be back with more for our closing thoughts on The John Girardi Show. This is the new John Girardi Show, Power Talk 96.7 and AM 1400. All right, closing thoughts today on The John Girardi Show. Thank you so much for listening. By the way, if you missed any portion of the show and want to go back and listen to it, you can get the whole show by downloading the iHeart app. Just download the iHeart app onto your smartphone, and you can search for The John Girardi Show in the podcast section, and you can find me. You can find my show every single day. So there you go. A great way to listen to The John Girardi Show if you can't hear it live on Power Talk. Uh, to close out the day, I want to, speaking of uh, courts, I want to talk about an interesting case that the president is trying to bring before the U.S. Supreme Court. Basically, the Trump administration is asking the Supreme Court to overturn California's sanctuary state law. And the arguments for it are kind of interesting. Basically, California passed this law saying our state law enforcement officials. And by the way, when we say state law enforcement officials, this means literally every law enforcement that isn't federal law enforcement within the state of California. Okay. Uh, even the Fresno Police Department, they're all technically state employees. Any county sheriff is technically a state employee. Okay, County governments and city governments are effectively creatures of state government. So this applies to the Fresno Police Department, Fresno County Sheriffs, Tulare County Sheriffs, Madera County Sheriffs, uh, Clovis PD, absolutely every local police department and sheriff's department, county sheriff's department in the state is covered by this. Basically, the state of California requires that our state law enforcement officials not share certain kinds of information with federal law enforcement, with ICE, with other immigration authorities. 
This is another kind of performative act on the part of our state legislature to demonstrate how much they don't like President Trump. Basically saying, we think the federal government's enforcement of federal immigration law is evil and unjust, and we're not going to have our people, you know, share information. Usually this shared information was in the form of, hey, we have this guy in the county jail. He just committed X, Y, or Z crime, or he's being held on suspicion of X, Y, or Z crime, or was just convicted of X, Y, or Z crime. We also learned he's an illegal, an unlawful immigrant. Why don't you come and ship his rear end back to Mexico or to El Salvador or wherever? They would call a ICE and do that. So basically the Trump administration is saying, hey, no, 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 no. Immigration enforcement is exclusively a federal government thing. This is why Joe Arpaio lost his big federal lawsuit because he was trying to enforce federal immigration law. Well, if what's good for the goose is good for the gander. California can't be interfering in this way in federal immigration law. It's an interesting question, though, because the federalism side of me, you know, we have two levels of government, our state government and our federal government, says, I mean, is it the state's job to do what the feds want them to do? I mean, obviously, I would prefer for our state law enforcement officials to cooperate when it comes to immigration law, but must the state comply with a job that is the federal government's job? Must the state work as the agents of the federal government? I don't know about that. It's actually a really interesting legal question that has some broader implications for the independence of our state governments from the federal government. So it's an interesting question. Certainly, I don't think the sanctuary state law has been particularly bright on California's part, but it is a very interesting legal question. We'll be back tomorrow on The John Girardi Show. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.